Hello and welcome. I am Giles Alderson and this is the Filmmakers Podcast. Today we are chatting with the fantastic actor, screenwriter and director Tom Cullen. Uh, You might know Tom, he starred as an actor in Downton Abbey, uh, Black Mirror, Orphan Black and Nightfall on TV. And for film he starred in Desert Dancer, Black Mountain Poets, Happy Ever After, A Hundred Streets with Idris Elba, The Other Half, which he exec produced, Castle in the Ground and the fantastic movie Weekend. And of course, his debut movie as a director, Pink Wall. We chat about his journey, why he wanted to direct, and he gives you so much advice and tips for aspiring filmmakers that will make you massively inspired to carry on being filmmakers. Me and Tom sat down and had a brilliant chat. Thank you very much for the PR team for setting this up. Hi, I'm Giles Alderson. I'm a screenwriter, director and a producer. And the film I produced as Serial Killer's Guide to Life is out January the 13th, 2020. That might sound like ages away, but actually it's just a month. It's just a month until that is released. Uh, Staten and Poppy will be on the podcast talking about that at the beginning of next year. Uh, I think you can pre-order it very soon. I'll leave a link very soon for that. And my feature film, The Dare, which I directed and co-wrote with Johnny Grant, is out on March the 3rd. Very exciting news. The Make Your Film event is tonight. Uh, It's Tuesday, so if you listen to it after Tuesday, you missed it. But if you're in London, why aren't you down there? brilliant networking um, brilliant guests talking about how they made their films and you can talk to them afterwards there's a Q&A as well it's only a tenner it's in Old Street get there link is in the show notes if you're not there you're not involved if you are coming down I cannot wait to see you get your business cards ready do your best networking I know some people find it difficult but you can do it all you got to do is go and say hello to someone else because do you know what that person might love talking about themselves and then you just slip in your business card and go great I-, I love talking to you let's stay in touch done we will see you tonight links in the show notes though to be honest i think it's sold out um i think it has dom just sent me a message saying we're sold out but we've recently released a couple more tickets so if you're quick you might get those um what else is happening shout outs I'm going to do the shout outs next week because I don't want this to be too long an intro um, thank you for those who've supported us this week I love you I love you all so keep supporting um, we're going to do some very special mailbag episodes so if you get your questions ready and we will do that very soon on this podcast and the music you're listening to uh, in this intro is from Music Bed they have an array of magical music cool people Uh, on there who make amazing music just for podcasts like this or just for your promo or for your films get involved get there now because you can get 20% off on a single track and you can get a month for free so what are you waiting for musicbed.com it's amazing link is in the show notes to that Okay, and finally, before we get to the episode with Tom Cullen, I love Tom, he's brilliant. Uh, We talked a lot about football, but Robbie might have cut that out because Robbie's a star, because he probably knows you lot don't want to listen to me and Tom witter on about football, but uh, I really enjoyed talking to Tom and we had a a great night. It went on for about an hour and 40 minutes, but please subscribe to us because I know there's a massive bunch of you who listen and are not subscribed yet. And do tell your friends. You love this podcast, right? I hope you do. Uh, And perhaps it's one of your faves. So if you do like it, do tell your friends. 
pass this on uh, and make it one of the best for filmmakers because that's how we grow and I'd love you to do that for us because this podcast for free we do it all for free so pass this on as much as you can and um, we can help more filmmakers because that's what it's all about okay here it is this week's fantastic episode with tom cullen i say it's fantastic because he's fantastic his film pink wall is out on friday the 13th of december his film pink wall is available for you in the uk to buy i believe it's available across the world as well links to that will be turning up so check it out it is wonderful we talk in depth about that here we go this week's episode of the filmmakers podcast with tom cullen enjoy and by the way go out and make your film Make it happen. I think the narratives in football are unparalleled yeah. in terms of drama well, you don't, or soap opera. It's so true. You don't know what you're yeah. going to get. Oh, it's amazing. It is amazing. There's a line in my film, Pink Wall, mm-hmm. um, where Tatiana says she's doing an impression of this guy that she's dating who she, she thinks is the most boring man on earth. And she's like... Yeah, 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 it's like, nah, 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 it's like theatre, it's like fucking theatre, football, mm-hmm. it's like fucking theatre. And then she was, she doing she was doing an impression of, of me. <laughs> <laughs> Are you not, do you keep fit now? Do you still keep, I mean, obviously physically, but in terms of running, because football's a different game to So gym. I played, I played, a, an, I played an 11 aside not that long ago. Okay. My first 20 minutes, I was like, I've yeah. still got it. Oh my god! Spraying balls around, check you out. Couple of assists in mm-hmm. the first twenty minutes, and from that, p- and then, and then, and then after about twenty minutes, I puked on the sidelines, <laughs> <laughs> and and couldn't. I had to walk for the rest of the game, and it was awful. Amazing. So the the answer to your question is no. I don't keep fit enough for eleven aside. There you go. Right. Um, you should come play five asides and seven asides. I play a lot here. In Do London. you? Yeah, and it's, it's seven asides really fun. Yeah. Yeah, so five aside's a little bit too intense, I think, because I, 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 I like it, but I like just, I think seven aside's nice because you, um, you, you, I don't know, you, there's there's more time and space to kind of do something. There is, yeah. A little bit more, man. Yeah. You know, I, we, at the moment we've been playing more. seven aside on a five aside pitch. Oh, whoa. That's which a, means. That's so intense. It's really intense. Yeah. You literally get one touch and the ball, you've, you've got to touch it first time and play it off. Otherwise. I mean, good, good, good for the brain. Yeah, but. Yeah, no, like you say, sometimes it's nice to have that space and time. Just, just a little bit, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Play a little bit of football. Yeah, but but that I mean that one touch stuff is great, great <clears> fun. I'm <throat> um, obviously we're supposed to be here talking about yeah filmmaking, filmmaking. But um, I was actually just to bring it, keep it on topic for a second. I was in the Damned United as an actor. I started off as an actor. Hold on, who were you in? Who were you? I was in Colin that? Todd. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, have to go and watch it again. You, well, this that is, film is so good. This man. is the thing about this film. There was a lot of us that got our parts literally reduced to nothing. We right. recreated all the goals in that film. Originally, we recreated every single one, the crosses, the headers, how it worked, the God, pass. Was that time consuming? Totally. I was there for three months. And in the end, they just used real footage. <laughs> they managed to get the rights to all the footage and just use real footage. Football's never been done well on film. Yeah, so that I must can't... have been one of the reasons. Um, I, I, I thought that there was that great scene, isn't there, where Clough is just listening mm, to them yeah. play. Yeah. In, the, was, in the dressing room, you can hear the crowd. I thought yeah. that was really... Young man, young man. I thought Michael Sheen was just fantastic. And by the way, he can play football. Oh, I, I he's got, he's he, the player, stuff yeah. he did in that film where he bangs it in the top oh, corner. That was, yeah, he that was, did it every time. Like, really? Every time, yeah. Really? Yeah, no, he can really... He was at Arsenal. He was on the books at Arsenal as was a kid. He? Yeah. Yeah. 
he can play. Um, Wicked. So that's nice. So yeah, anyway, that was keeping it on top with the Damned United. But that was fascinating working with Tom Hooper on that because obviously he's gone on to win the Oscar for King's Speech. Uh, that was his kind of first big film, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, he'd done, he'd done some big TV before that. But yeah. that was the first sort of film that put him on the map. And King's Speech was next and now Cats. So that's going to be fun, isn't it? Was he, was he a, is he a football fan? This is what's fascinating. Or he he just really doesn't book? like football doesn't like football at all so when we were doing the football stuff he didn't really understand what we were doing you know because we're we're all i used to be at bradford city as a kid you understood how the football should should be and it was fascinating just he'd go yeah okay well don't do that and we go well that's what we do that's how we play and you go well i don't want you to so you go okay it was um yeah Stephen graham was in that yeah mike Compson. yeah he was, it was playing what was bremner was yeah it? yeah he proper went through it he was like fucking yeah i'm just gonna go through you now fucking have some of this it was Brilliant great casting fun. yeah it was great casting yeah, yeah. right yeah it was fun it was fun um obviously we're here to talk about pink wall and obviously your journey as well as as a filmmaker but as an actor before that and working with directors and stuff like that pink wall is a fantastic film thoroughly enjoyed it i really oh, did thanks, um myself and christian james watched it he's not here because he's doing an advert he's not here because he hated it yeah he couldn't <laughs> he face like, the embarrassment <laughs> it was like they put on a screening for us by the way because it was um a special screen it's like the filmmakers podcast special screen yeah, and yeah. we were sat in the cinema and it was kind of just as and it was amazing oh, to cool. sit and watch it and really enjoy it and I thought I thought it was beautifully made I really did enjoy how you'd done it I couldn't believe the amount of days that you'd filmed it in we'll come to that in a bit yeah and yeah and people should go watch this film not for any other reason than and there's a study in how you should go make a film and how performances can come out of you know small seeds and how it was developed and absolutely stunning stunning work it deserves all the plaudits it gets i thought it was brilliant mate thank you and it was your debut movie as a director yeah, yeah. that's insane it oh, is mate. Yeah. it is it's really brilliant thanks, achievement thanks, really man. really good um i know so many people give the right arms to get a debut like that so it's really good um so yeah this is the filmmakers podcast thank you for coming on my, obviously my th pleasure this is where we talk about films and football obviously <laughs> yeah. do you know what's really nice because i don't normally get to talk about football because all my co-hosts they don't play football right, not interested. Right, right. so it's like me i'm like yeah, yeah let's talk football <laughs> it's like shit i'm gonna have to trim that down now um, yeah. and this is like why Unless are you lose football? all of your audience yeah, no, yeah. exactly why are you talking about football <laughs> for no reason um this episode is sponsored by uh, Music Bed. I'll tell you more about that in a bit. Um, so let's jump into Pink Wall straight away, and then we'll come back to how you got there. Um, what was it about this project that you actually wanted to do in the first place? Why Pink Wall? Um, lots of people will hate me for this, but it was actually a complete accident. Mm -hmm. um, I... I've always wanted to be a director and I've always wanted to do it. My parents were directors when I was when I was a kid. Yeah, they wrote in the theatre, is that right as well? That's right, yeah. yeah. Amazing. And so I kind of grew up in a rehearsal room up until the age of, they stopped when I was about seven, eight. <laughs> but I remember being in a rehearsal room as a kid and watching these actors in this, it was in this like little regional theatre in, in Mid Wales in this beautiful but quite strange little town called Llantrin Dodd Wales where I grew up. Um, and just being completely enamoured uh, with with them, and and they were my heroes, and that really was kind of burnt and ingrained into my creative psyche, I think, and mm. always wanted to direct. Um, Do you know what it was about that? Was there something 
because now it's really hard to put our fingers on why you know we want to do what we want to do but was there a reason back then did you did you see something in the in your parents or other people that was just magical to be honest it was more about the actors I think I was, mm. they were just I remember there's this one guy and I, I, I sadly can't remember his name but I could see his face and he was just so charismatic mm-hmm. and funny and alive and I just remember being like, oh, wow, I, like, I just, the energy. And, they, they, you know, they, they were adults just messing around and laughing a lot and having fun. I think that was kind of like quite confusing to me as a kid, but also kind of quite magical. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, it just it just really, really stayed with me. I, um, I'm picturing Brian Blessed type. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, he, I, I mean, I guess... <laughs> you know when you're a kid like everyone is big yes and old but yeah, I, he could have been anywhere between the ages of 19 and I'd say 33 ah uh, okay alright <laughs> but I couldn't tell you where on that spectrum no, he was anything. but it was someone I'm going to say made, 25 let's say 25 yeah, yeah. he was a, a very thespian type actor who was yeah he was super ha- I remember he was like super handsome um, right and just very funny uh, yeah yeah, my my memory of that you know these images and flashes of 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 that time as a kid. Mm. Yeah, and I think it just really kind of like permeated me and my 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 psyche and my creative psyche. And um, I think I always wanted to to do it. And I became I went to drama school when I was twenty two. Took me a while. I was I was I was DJing for a long time and oh, playing right. my own music. And what kind of music were you playing? So I started DJing when I was 12. Yeah, love and I started it. DJing in clubs when I was like 14. <laughs> Loving this. Yeah, go on. <laughs> My first gig, actually, I was 12, which was like at a rave in front Serious? of a thousand people. Yeah. That's incredible. At 12, did you look 12 or did you already have the beard then? Dude, I looked like, about eight. <laughs> so that must have been kind of a cool thing. At the time, you. I thought I was wicked. Yeah, but, but now in reflection, I was like, oh, hang hang I was just a gimmick. <laughs> Yeah, was, the kids playing everyone. Yeah. Hey yeah. everyone, let's dance! And I was like, "Yeah, I'm rocking this." <laughs> Almost like emceeing over the top. <laughs> Scream if you want to go faster. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, amazing. My tune selection was always good, though. In my defence, my Fair play. Where? I, I, what was it? What kind? What vibe? Played a lot of house. Yeah, yeah, me too. I used to yeah. DJ house did you? as well. Yeah, yeah I did yeah. illegal raves as well, which is oh, why I was you? asking. But I was 18. Well, mid Wales, you know, was. Uh, like yeah. illegal rave central like, because of you know you, all this farm, gonna farmland do? Yeah. yeah I met my the first kind of big love of my life at an illegal rave on a beach I was six, 15 16 already a famous DJ by then very famous in the in the Midwell circuit <laughs> in, the, in the Cardiff circuit <laughs> did you have a DJ name I did I had some awful names I had one too <laughs> My You're first, my first DJ on. name was very boring, DJ T. DJ T, that's quite good. Because my name's yeah. Tom. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's 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 an eleven-year-old's brain, and then my thirteen-year-old brain went. I can't believe I'm, oh, I was called DJism for a while. DJism because it sounded like Judaism, <laughs> but not jism. Brilliant. Brilliant. DJism. DJism. <laughs> That's kind of classy. That's kind of classy, isn't it? It's like, um, you can imagine a, embarrassing. It's proper embarrassing. It's like an oaken fold. DJ isn't <laughs> coming at you. Yeah, yeah I'm not really, a DJ. I'm a religion. Yeah, I'm a, follow me. Follow me. Follow my th- my, my 13 year old tune selection. That's amazing. 
uh, and then <laughs> did you put out any did you do any mixtapes and put them out oh yeah oh yeah yeah of yeah, course. yeah 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 so hang on you had another name after DJism didn't the, last long that one Tom Cullen then you just went with I just I went I went I went hey hold on a second what is this hey I know I'm not religion I'm not religion I'm just a man <laughs> <laughs> and my name's Tom yeah so brilliant yeah um, wow I had, I had um, Golden Boy I was just Golden Boy and it stayed and I don't know why it's really annoying that sounds like you you, de- about you it. DJ um, hip hop yeah, we did um, break beats and stuff like that yeah. for a bit. But I was uh, when I was Golden Boy's Boy good. I like. Did you like that? Yeah, I thought it was a bit cheesy. Like well, I was trying too hard. It's all right. I mean, would you say that to Goldie? <laughs> no, that's true. Boy, Goldie. Yeah, you're cheesy and you're trying too hard. <laughs> not to his face. <laughs> not to his face. Definitely not. <laughs> but DJism. Well, I mean, Vinyl's, God, no, Vinyl's making its comeback, isn't it? Mm. I've still got a man in the loft. Yeah, mine's in storage. Oh yeah. There you go. I want to get it out. You should dig I, him d- out. I had to sell Idris my Idris Elba style. Yeah, come back as DJ Tomism. Tomism <laughs> mixed it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's he's quite good, Idris. I, I saw him. I, I did a, I did a movie with him actually. Yeah, um, you did. Uh, yeah. And every we, during the shooting, every weekend he was going to Ibiza to film, and every Monday morning I'd get called in yeah. because because um, he wasn't feeling very well. But then he'd end up filming, so I'd kind of come in and be like, oh, "Okay, no, 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 I'm being used. It's fine, it's fine." But yeah, he'd he wasn't like, feeling well because he'd been out raving all, all night. Well, no, no, I mean he'd been DJing, DJing, you know? yeah, I'd be knackered. And then, but work. then, but he, the guy's a machine. He'd yeah. turn up Monday morning and just like, right. he'd, he'd look more handsome than I've ever looked, and he probably hadn't slept. It's so <laughs> like, what the hell, dude? And he'd like put in a wicked performance. So I was like, fuck you, yeah, fuck you, address. Um, <laughs> Well, that would be cool, wouldn't it? Yeah. Shooting, a, shooting a movie in London during the week, mm-hmm. flying to Ibiza, DJing, DJing on a Saturday night, mm-hmm. flying back. You could, DJ isn't should make a comeback. I mean, it, yeah, yeah. I'll write a book to go with it. Yeah, you should. You should sell it as a yeah, yeah. I'll get I, some people to hand it out for free to the ravers. Yeah, like leaflets. Yeah. More, more than a book. Yeah, it's no, just a couple of pages. That's true. I'm, yeah. I probably can write a book. <laughs> <laughs> Too much effort. So you de- this is amazing, right? You're DJing. You, 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 were you, how long did you? When did you stop DJing? Before drama school, did you carry on then? Um, I, I was still doing a little bit. Um, uh, I had, I went. I didn't go to drama school until I was 22. Yeah. Um, what were you doing in between? Doing everything to avoid going to drama school. I, I really wanted to do it and I think I, w- I wanted to do it so much that it that it scared me. I, I went to like a school where you weren't necessarily told you could achieve anything, you know, and that, that kind of like burnt into, mm. burnt into my head a little bit and I really lacked a lot of confidence in myself and so it took me a while to, to, to kind of like do the thing that I really wanted to do. Um, even though my parents had done it, you know, and it would seemingly seem like the the path Perfect was way. was there. But I remember I was twenty two, and I, I was I was like running bars and DJing, and and I was twenty two, and I remember twenty one, twenty two. I remember looking at myself in the mirror. Mm. This sounds incredibly wacky. So no, we've all done me. it. We've all done but it. But I was just like, you know, when you like look in the mirror and you really see yourself, because you you look at yourself all the time, right? Mm. You know, I'm shaving or whatever. But I was like, whoa, God, that's what I look like. <laughs> I was like, God, I was like, whoa, that person, that person isn't 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 very happy. Mm. Um, and then that that day, I went and applied for drama school and 
got in i actually went to central school speech and drama for a year i got kicked out because i was a bit rough around the edges it's a bit of a naughty boy that's what they want right i mean well that's not what they wanted really i was challenging i think um okay well you but you were challenging in the right way i imagine because some of it's a bit too i wish i'd challenged more at drama school you know i i i I thought it was challenging in the right way because Mm. i i wasn't particularly happy with some of their i didn't think some of their teaching was was up to standard mm-hmm. and I and because I just come from like working and running bars and I, I was very I was really autonomous I pretty much left home by the time I was 16 you know mm-hmm. I was like uh and I I I, I was I was just like you know no no I, I you know I'm paying a lot of money to be here and mm-hmm. it's my money yeah. yeah your teaching isn't good enough <laughs> good for you man I wish I wish I had the balls <laughs> um, I mean, it's amazing and they kicked me out <laughs> and I, <laughs> if you don't um, like our teaching, go somewhere else. All right, fuck off. I basically, will that's what it was. What what happened? And um, I'd also got into the Royal Welsh College of Music and Drama, but I'd I'd wanted to leave Wales, so I kind of didn't want yeah, to go there. But I called them up with my tails between my legs, and I was and I was just like, okay, I've been kicked out of Central. Did you? Were you honest? Did you tell them? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I was like, dude, this this was like a month before their term started. Mm. And I, was, and I know I haven't auditioned or anything, but I was just wondering, would you want to take me? <laughs> wow. So I went for a coffee with the head of acting and kind of was really honest. And Dave Bond, his name is, and he he was like, yeah, great, we'll take you. And he kind of like fudged the, the system because, you know, you have to apply through UCAS and all this kind uh-huh. of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and I managed to get my... Uh, student loan and everything through at the last minute and, and they, they took me on and I'm so grateful for, for to him because I, I really was rough around the edges and mm. I was an, I was opinion, opinionated and I was a kind of a angry young man you know sure um, and I was I was in his office pretty much every term um, still still but they really stuck with me and um, they really worked on me and I, a big you know and they really really pushed me and believed in me and um i'm I'm so grateful that that they they, that they did that yeah that's amazing it was a huge huge shift in my life that was yeah Mm. and you did three years there i did three years yeah okay so you came out this one tutor who um every time i passed he passed me in the corridor he'd he'd go can you be vulnerable yet tom (laughs) really i'll be like fuck yeah, yeah, go fuck yourself. I'm vulnerable now. But every, I'm just not showing you it. Yeah, I just, I just <laughs> can't do it. Angst everywhere. I remember one of my drama teachers said to me, um, uh, "You'll be a much better actor when you've been through pain um, um, <laughs> and you've, you've experienced death." That's what he said to me. Whoa. And I, I remember saying to him, "I'd rather not be a good actor and not experience those things right now. If that's all right, thank you." Wow. Uh, yeah, what yeah. What thing to say? I know it was really weird because it's. It was one of those that just bothered you. You're they like, say weird. Should I go kill people? What the fuck? Yeah, they do. Yeah, it really did affect my head for a long time. But at uni, I was always putting on plays. Right. After drama school, I wrote plays and was at the Royal Court Young Writers Programme and right. I put on all the plays uh-huh, there. Uh-huh. And I just was like, no, no, I'm an actor. But yet, I was already directing. I was. Right. I just pulled away from it because, to be honest, I didn't know how to have a career in directing. It was just, there was no... I didn't see a future. How do I become well, a director? No clear path, there's no clear path there? at no, all for no. a director. No. It's just, you want to be a director. You go, okay, well, how the hell do I do that? Yeah. You go on a few short courses, you go to rain dance, or you go wherever, but that, no one gives, there's no doors opening. You've got to fight your own path and yeah. find a way yourself. And yeah. mine was through acting and going, I don't want to do this anymore, right. but I don't know how to not do this. See, I don't feel like 
me becoming a director means it's the end of my acting career because uh, I, I, I really absolutely. feel like they actually they f i'm not sure whether you felt like this but i really feel like it all feeds into the same part mm. i'm a better actor for having directed 100%. and i'm a much better director for having acted mm -hmm. i think yeah. and i don't i don't see how that relationship no, I, I want that relationship to con continue mm. i'm really excited to go back to directing having just i've done having i've done i've did three films this year working with three very different directors, three very different processes, and kind of going, oh, okay, I like that, I like that, and, you know, and mm. I'm excited to go back and direct again. And That's interesting. Yeah, but you, you felt for you that there was a, that it was either one or the other, did you? Yeah, I, I felt, I, well, I fell in love with directing so much, so I went, I just want to do this. Right. And it just took a longer time to get there, and I was still mm. acting and doing stuff. But no, for me, I, I'm a full-time director now, and I'm very happy to do that. Yeah. Um, it was... Do, I don't do, know. do you miss acting at all? Only very occasionally. Well, there we are. It's not something yeah. that burning passion that I had in me before is now totally on the directing. Right. So it's gone. Yeah. It's that occasionally, if some a friend will say, "Come and do my film or whatever," come and be in this, and I'll do it, and I'll have a brilliant time. Yeah. Like you say, I think being a director made me a much better actor. It was easy enough, you know. Now I understand where the camera's moving and not to wander backwards and forwards too much because the focus puller can't <laughs> right, find you. Right, you know right, I mean? yeah. Hit your marks, say there and say your lines, <laughs> yeah. you know. But I just, the, the whole world of directing for me and making something is just so much more incredible. I think being maybe a control freak as an mm. actor, you struggle with that because you go, well, I have no control out of any of this. You yeah. think you do, but you don't. The Damned no, United no. is a perfect example. It's all that was always that. something I've struggled with as an actor, especially if I'm working with a director that I don't that I don't rate. Well, yeah, it's it's really, that's it's really an issue, difficult. isn't it? Yeah, because you're on set going. Especially now you've directed. That must be. I mean, hopefully it hasn't happened for you since. But that would be just devastating. You're sitting there going, oh, "Why are you doing it like that?" I actually quite like the the surrender of being part of someone else's vision, but it, it's more like. The things that really irk me now are just the small technical things. Like I was doing a scene not that long ago, and we were crossing the line, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. And I was yeah. just like, I think you might want to be on <laughs> on that on the that other side. side. I think you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, I I, I, I don't want to be I don't want to be that guy. I know that's the you thing, know? isn't it? It's that they're going, well, I'll, this will help them if I say something. But then if you're that you're, you're being that guy, and I, I remember when I was crossing over between the acting and directing. Whenever I was acting on set, I just didn't let anyone know I was a director. Right. And now I'm directing. I very rarely let anyone know you were an actor. I was an actor, especially mm. crew. It's not doesn't matter to them. Yeah. But for the actors, it does help massively. Yeah. That I was an actor because I yeah. understand what they're going through. Totally. I get what they have to do and what they're prepping yeah. for. They're not just turning up and hitting the line. I mean, as an actor, I really enjoy collaborative conversation, mm. and I will challenge a director. That's good. Um, on on on, you know, it's, if we have different thoughts on on a character or how a scene should be played i, I want to thrash it out yeah with them and make sure that we're both on the same page and that, that we're making the best possible choices that we can do and i would expect my actors to do the same to me mm. i certainly don't think that as a you know as a director that i've got the right ideas or all the answers mm -hmm. ever and i think that i want you know i want i want collaboration i want pitching in um so that i can say no to everybody <laughs> do what I want. 
I totally do. Collaborations, I, I love collaboration. I work with often the same DPs. I try and work with the same crews. Mm. Uh, and occasionally when you've mixed it up, you understand why you work with the same people a lot because that shorthand is vital on set. When, like you said, then when so many people are asking you questions all the time, you have to have an answer. And if that collaboration isn't strong, mm. and you're maybe going, oh, no, no, which I very much try not to do now, you know, it's very much like someone comes red or blue, you have to make a decision whether it's right or wrong, I will literally go red, and then change my mind later, it's totally up to me, but as long as I've made a decision, mm -hmm. the crew has stood around waiting for you to make a decision, it's just not, it's not cool. Yeah. So I try and force that through, but collaboration is, is huge. Um, and as much well, as it's your vision, it's also about you working with other people to have their, you know, if a DP goes, well, actually, if we shoot from here, look at this, and you go, oh my God, thank you. Exactly. The actor's the same. I think it's, it's yeah. just so important. That's yeah. what makes a great film, right? And, and, and uh, you know, the, it's, it's about filtering, isn't it? It's about mm. being the captain of the ship. Yes, you know, you, you it need, is. You, yeah. um, it doesn't mean you're always uh, driving the thing. No. You're sometimes putting the rigging up, sometimes you're painting yeah. the deck, you know, but... And, and you know, you know the person who's operating the sail, you know, who's saying, "Hey, the wind's coming this way." So you're like, "Okay, the, the, then that, then that's, mm -hmm. then that's, then that's follow that." But also knowing when not to follow it, and and to know exactly what you want, and having the the strength to follow your 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 path as well. Mm. But it's about yeah. communicating that vision, it is, right? It is, yeah. And if you communicate that right to your team, they should all be on your board. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah I get it. I know what you want now. Yeah. I like, I like what Danny Boyle says. He says, I, I make everyone mini-directors of their own team. So no, that's smart. Casting, so the costume department, yeah. you're now the director of that. Uh, yeah. So don't come to me with problems, come to me with solutions. Yes, yeah. If you haven't got a red shirt, don't go, we haven't got a red shirt, what do you want to do? You go, right, we haven't got a red, but here's a, totally. an orange and a totally. pink. Totally, totally. And make that choice. Absolutely. And I think it's just about that collaboration and yeah. how you can work that. Yeah. Um, how did you find then like jumping on set for the first time because you'd not I mean you'd, you'd produced before exec produced before and you've been on set so much in so many films and TV but then you jump on set to being a director when you haven't as far as I can see made a short before no I'd never made a short before no and now you're jumping on set to be a director I mean what an idiot <laughs> what was I th I'm, honestly I'm like what was I thinking mm. um, we started to talk about this earlier about how the film came about yeah because this is this is this is actually quite important because I, I think I probably would have made a short if it if it had been my choice. But basically, I, I was I was I was called up uh, by a producer director who was offering me a job as an actor in one of their films. Nice. And I couldn't do it because of scheduling scheduling conflict. And he was really trying to get me to do it um, <laughs> by saying I'd love that. The, to, but I can't. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. By saying the Duplass brothers are involved, knowing that that I'd be triggered by yeah, by them because I like their films. Um, and I'd just been watching Jay uh, in Transparent. Mm, and I'd kind of had this soft idea for a film with him and Tatiana. And I was like, oh, yeah, God, I love the Duplass brothers. And Jay Duplass, I've got this kind of idea for this film. And he was like, oh, right, have you? What 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 is what is it? Um, and it was just the one-line idea. Mm -hmm. So I so kind of pitched it over the phone, accidentally pitched it over the phone. Yeah. So, sounds, sounds quite good. Will you write me a one-pager? I was like, what the fuck is a one pager? Yeah, so I went, mean? yeah, what is yeah. that? So I literally went away and wrote, wrote one page. A one page. <laughs> <laughs> um, the story outline, yeah. 
Uh, kind of. I mean, I didn't really have a story, so it was ah. this kind of like weird poetic thing about... Did you, you just wrote a poetic thing? How long did you take to write it? Was it... Three hours. Oh, serious? Sent it off that night, and he called me back the next day or the day after being like, I've got you a budget to make this film. Serious? But it's super... But, you know, it's very, very low. Sure, but still, wow. But you have to shoot it in three months. In three months' time? Yeah, so I had to write a script and put it all together and shoot it, and I also had to get Jay wow. and Tat on board <laughs> yeah because you now pitched I, it like they're I doing because I didn't even really know Jay at that point either oh, <laughs> I'd met him a couple of times on like red carpet events but at, that's not a, at the Emmys or something but mm-hmm. it's not not a very nice place to meet someone because it's, it's so, gross mm-hmm. disgusting you're like hey hi uh, oh yeah yeah and uh, yeah you're great and he's like yeah yeah thanks <laughs> and then that's it <laughs> or it's in the toilet which is even worse yeah 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 hi oh god this worse hi hi oh lovely penis lovely to meet you <laughs> <laughs> we should work lo- together. Lo- love you, work. Your penis. <laughs> um, yeah, I had three months to go and write mm. this, and I, and I was in a hiatus between a TV show, and I was I was just like, too often. I, we, we touched a bit on it earlier. I, I'm dictated by fear, and I think that it's kind of growing up in a in a kind of working classy environment, maybe where you know you're not necessarily like told you can achieve anything you want to achieve. Mm. It's more like with a caveat, you know. Yes, but you know, be sensible, be sensible, or whatever. And I was just like so full of fear, and I was just like, right, I'm going to throw that fear in the bin. I'm just going to say yes to this Great. because once I've said yes, there's no, there's no, you know, turning back to the event horizon. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, like got to. I have to do it now. You've got a date. That's it. And it's something I've always wanted to do. And so why not? This opportunity has presented itself, and I'd actually been offered to direct a film. Uh, which was like half a million budget mm-hmm. um, a few years earlier from a from somebody I met doing Downton, a producer mm-hmm. there. Um, and I was quite far down the process of, of doing that. And I kind of, he was like, I think you should come in and pitch on this movie. And I was pitching against um, actual directors and they offered it to me, Amazing. which is so stupid. And, and, then, I, and then I got the fear. Right. And I was like, no, I can't do it and pulled out. And they went and made the film and it, turned out to be great and it was it was good for them that I didn't do it but but when this opportunity came up I was like right no I'm I'm gonna do this and I think that because it was my I I had the opportunity to write it myself it's your idea yeah I felt a little safer Mm -hmm. doing that and so I went away and frantically wrote this script uh and luckily Jay Duplass is stupid enough to say yes to doing it and how did that happen then how did because obviously you live with Tatiana right so was she was she involved in from the early stage did you say look I've got the opportunity to do this yeah you are involved we we had we had you've done a film together before anyway we'd acted together and and that year we'd done I think four projects together as actors we'd done like a short film Mm -hmm. a music video um wow I'd been on her television show yeah um, yeah that's right Orphan Black you got yeah, a part in that I just did like a, a couple of days on that which is fun and the other half was the feature you did the other half is that where f- you met as well no we actually met in 2011 on an, on an American TV show where we both had really small parts oh okay and we were shooting in Budapest and we just like had loads of time off so we just hung out and uh, and then yeah yeah, yeah, that, then, that, yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's what happened. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so Tat, Tat um, got got on board pretty quickly. Um, 
and then it was about getting Jay and I sent Jay the, the one pager, the weird, poetically weird one pager. And he was like, yeah, sounds great. Wow. Um, because I, I, I think he was really interested in the process that I wanted to develop, which was a semi-improvisational process, um, which I was, I wanted to kind of create a process that I think that, that I as an actor would have wanted to be involved in. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it was about kind of ownership and autonomy for, for, for the actors. Um, I feel that that's what always garners the best performances. Yeah. I'd, um, my first film was a film called Weekend as, as an actor mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> with a director called Andrew Haig, who is was hugely influential on me as a, as a director because he, um, he he kind of gives control to his actors in such a special way mm. um where he really makes them feel like they are in charge of that 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 you know of their vehicle they're really driving their characters was forward was that kind of improvised a little bit in that as well no that was actually completely scripted right but i really wanted to kind of emulate that and I, and i and i i'm really heavily influenced by filmmakers like ken loach and mike lee john cassavetes is a huge sure. influence on me and so I kind of went and was like, right, I want to create a process that, that would really work with the actors. And I think Jay was, was really uh, liked the idea of this process. And he, he, was a, he, he liked my work as an actor. And I, obviously he was a big fan of Tat. And so she was a big pull. And, and he, he got on board. Um, yeah, and so that, that's kind of how it, how it came about. And that's why I hadn't made a short film. Yeah. But every film that I've ever been on I've always been on with the eye of wanting to direct I'm not an actor who just kind of like turns up turns up and yeah. does my job I'm I'm really interested in camera I'm really interested in what the directors are doing I'm always asking questions I'm uh, because I'm really interested in the kind of the, the overarching um uh, what, what what am I trying to say? I, I'm I'm, I'm, in, I'm interested in in the production side of it. Yes. Whereas someone like Tat, she just doesn't understand plot at all. Right. Okay. You know, if you were to say to her, "What's this film about?" or "What's this episode of Orphan Black about?" she'd be like, "I have no idea what's going on." <laughs> but what she's amazing at is playing the the truth, the truth mm -hmm. in the moment mm. in such an unbelievably kind of stripped back authentic real way that that you know she she like she she she, she that's what makes her such an amazing actor mm. but i don't think she has any want to direct or write um as far as i as far as i'm aware um because it just doesn't trigger in the same way whereas i've always been interested in story i think um so i didn't feel like a complete you know, I felt like I kind of had a good, reasonably good grasp on what I wanted to do. I mean, you've been do. on so many sets. I mean, mm. it's kind of like at that stage, you understand how a set works. You understand, you know, what the process is before you turn over the camera. You understand rehearsals. You, under, you, you That's a huge amount of a director's job when they've not been on set before, even short films. It's like you might not even work it that way on a short, the first short you do, because you haven't got time or you mm. haven't got the energy, whereas mm. you totally understand that and working at the highest level as well, mm. where you go, ah, this is how it works. So in a way, it must have been kind of nice to, with Pink Wall to come back and go, actually, I don't need a massive crew. I can just do this with me, my DP, you know, a few other people, important people, HODs, and just shoot it mm. and get involved in the sort of acting side. Yeah. And that must have been also a bit of a relief as well to not have loads of other people going, okay, you know, someone jumping in with makeup, someone jumping in with this all the time. Yeah. Must have been, I suppose, quite nice as well. Yeah, I kind of, I, I, 
I, I really wanted to build up an environment um, that I felt was conducive to the best performances possible. You know, I hate it as an actor when I constantly have, just before a take, somebody coming in and fiddling with uh -huh. my face mm -hmm. or playing with my costume, if it's just not important. Mm -hmm. Or I've been on film sets, you know, where they've called cut because the actress has a hair across her face, but it's but you know sh the actress is in a, in the moment in the moment yeah. and it's an amazing performance. Yeah. I was like, who gives a fuck? Yeah, about her hair. Mm -hmm. it, and actually, I I love those I totally those agree. things because it makes it real and yeah. and, and and it's it's unconscious. But you know those kind of like weird little mistakes mm -hmm. and. I the imperfections of yeah. what what makes something feel feel real, and who gives a crap if continuity? I agree. The, yeah. the, I, the audience won't notice if they're connected and in on that performance. They'll accept it and buy it. The amount of times you see stuff, uh, big films, and you can go on YouTube and see all the continuity mistakes. When you watch that film, one hundred percent, you did not notice, and they're no, huge, no. massive, like the apples in the wrong hand, they're, they're facing the wrong way, the hairs, there's no tie on, tie on, yeah, off, all yeah, that yeah. stuff. But actually, like you said, that it's perfect if the actor's in the performance. Yeah. Don't ever cut. I just you'll, you'll use it. I just think that's just really all audiences want mm -hmm. is to be moved. Yeah. And to be told a good story, mm -hmm. and they will forgive you so much. Mm -hmm. I think um, is 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 my opinion. Unless it's like some glaringly awful, you know, error. Yeah. But but generally, if you know, I think that all people want is human connection. Yeah. That's that, that's. That's really fundamentally what, what storytelling in film is about, right? Ladies and gentlemen, presenting Miss Jenna. What's your last name? Delancey. Delancey, Miss Jenna Delancey. We're okay, right? I love you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a demigod. Yes. <laughs> I'm just trying to go back to the moment where it changed for us. What happens next? I don't know. Tell me what to do. I will never tell you what to do. I'm just here to witness. Okay. So you're still sort of in a honeymoon phase, would you say? I don't think that's a phase. You're so much better than this, Leon. I want you to do the thing you want to do. Whatever phase you are in, I'm sorry, but it's going to end. I don't think because I'm a good person at stuff that I'm going to be a good mom. You got to tell me the truth. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to stop. I want to be happy with you like we were before. I don't like boys, but I like you. So let's um, jump in then to you've, you've now written the script and now Tats and Bold You've got Jay involved. How did you move forward from there? Obviously, you got the money, which is amazing. Did, yeah. Was that? Did that make a difference to the script? Did they have to look at that and give you notes? Was there a whole process of you writing that? Well, <clears throat> part of the provisions on me 
getting them so i got the money before i'd written a word you know <laughs> you could have just gone right see you later <laughs> because part of the the stipulation is that it's the process is uh, experimental and improvisational uh, so the, the 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 producer director he makes films in like five days he kind of joe swanberg oh wow okay um and so that was the kind of like rules that i was coming from and i and i was really up for embracing that so i actually wrote a full script mm -hmm. that i threw out right okay um and then i went and wrote so I, I developed this process, which is kind of, I call it like a semi-improvisational technique, where the so pink wall is, is consists of six scenes, and each scene is from a year of this couple's relationship. And so with each scene, I it told in a non-linear structure. So with each scene, I would write this. I'd have a scriptment, which is yeah. I think a Joe Swanberg. Uh, saying, yeah, saying I think yeah. scriptments are raised though I like scriptments yeah yeah like, which is like a kind of really dense uh, arced out outline of what that scene is could be up to 10 pages could be 80 pages but it could just be one page yeah it could yeah. be one page or a few lines even mm. um, and so so I wrote I wrote out uh, the shape of the scene then what I'd do is I wouldn't call my crew for a couple of hours I'd get the actors in in the morning and we'd talk about the scene, talk about the themes, talk about um, uh, the dynamics, the statuses and, and the arc and what I wanted to hit. Um, and I would then, it's kind of actually quite manipulative, but I would then um, filter what I wanted through the prism of their experiences. So mm -hmm. they would start to talk about things that relate to them that are in the themes and I would pick and choose the things that I, I liked always making sure that I never said no you know it's like oh yeah that's interesting that's interesting keep on going keep on going and then when they hit on something I liked, I'd be like yes great I love that and then we'd start to improvise and I would direct them in their, in their improvisations I'd be like okay so how about if we go here how about if on this point we say this I really need you to say this line and I would then direct their improvisations and essentially using the scriptment as the skeleton, I would then allow the actors to add the flesh onto the onto the onto that skeleton to create this kind of full bodied scene. Um, and what's really great about that is that they have real ownership over over the 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 uh, over the material. Then what I'd do is I'd go away and well, we'd run, we'd run that improvisation and so that it was like a solid shape mm -hmm. three or four times. I didn't want to overcook it. I'd then go and I'd write very fixed markers, like flagpoles, that, uh, that, that might be like a line or, a, or an action or a thought that uh, like a, act like a kind of roadmap for the scene. Um, and there were a lot, lot of them. Uh, the analogy I use is like a downhill slalom. You know, the skier has to go from A to B mm -hmm. And they have to go through every single pole, but however wide or narrow they go through those poles is entirely up to them. But they have to go through every pole. Mm. And so the actors had to go through these markers. Um, but however they said it is is up to them. So the good thing about that is I, I get the I get the best bits of improv, which is where the actors are inherently having to listen mm -hmm. and think on the line. But I get a structured scene every time and 
I would time the scenes out, you know, I, I knew because I'd been in an improvised film before and what can happen is it just waffles on and you do 40 yeah. minute takes. And how are you going to cut it? How yeah. am I going to cut that? Yeah. And so I timed out each section. I knew that I needed this scene to be six and a half minutes. So if it was, we, I'd time it every take and I'd be like, you were six minutes 50. So that's that speed up those transitions. So right. always making sure that they were not... Uh, overextending and enjoying the sound of their own voices, but instead really keeping it fresh and lean. Mm. Um, and it was great because because you it really works. Because I because I, I had the, the, the performances feel very real and very authentic because they are. But I get the structured scene, so it wasn't a nightmare for me and my editor. You know, mm. um, we this the scene was the same every time, but different. And that process was great because I, I was able because I had such a low budget budget. The only actors I could afford to pay were um tat and jay right so everyone else in my family my friends like my stepdad plays uh the weed dealer in the film seriously yeah, that's yeah. your stepdad my, he's brilliant. my sister is the girl that goes off at tat over the and dinner just, table are you she's amazing actually. yeah my, wow. my my cousin's in uh <laughs> plays one of the lesbians in the dinner scene <laughs> and she's she's never acted in her life she's wow. uh she works with refugees in cardiff <laughs> but she was great my my key grip is is in it he really? plays tat's brother um <laughs> and so so i got i was able to fill um fill the cast and crew in with uh, the cast in with my family and friends that um, were you ever worried that's because i i read that and i found that incredible because mm. i thought well, you could probably bring in some people say look do us a favor come in for a day or whatever but i think it's amazing you did that to try and get that very real performances out of them and mm. it is it's very real the fact that your sister was over the dinner i was like well i've not seen her before she's ace no she is really um, good and uh yeah i just she's really good i had this sort of feeling of wonderful improvisation but at the same time it was very controlled but were you never were you ever scared that it would just sort of not work or they wouldn't perform well or you'd go oh, how am I going to cut around them if it wasn't good enough if you see what I mean yeah you were <laughs> yeah really and plus you had no time really, well. I only had nine days I shot it in nine days it's so. incredible you shot in nine days um yeah I was ter I was terrified but I honestly believe if if you create an environment that's that's an environment of the word yes because I think as soon as you say the word no to, on any film set, especially to actors, mm -hmm. the, the scene's dead, it's done. Because then the actor yeah. has fear. The actor's trying to do the right thing, which is what the director wants. Yeah. Which means that they've stopped taking risks, which means it's always wrong. Because, you know, acting isn't math. Two plus two doesn't equal four. Not in acting. Um, actually every answer is right mm. it just might not be the answer the director wants but every answer is right mm. because as long as it's real and connected then it then then that's then that's the truth of that moment and so it's about for me it was about kind of making sure that i constantly allowed the actor's space and freedom to explore and to feel like what they were doing was right but me knowing that I, I needed to make sure that I got the take that I wanted. Yeah. Um, and what was great about that is also I, 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 it, it opened up space for me to be surprised mm. and being like, oh, all right, I'd never kind of seen it like that, but I like that and run with that a little bit. But when having non-actors in there, it was the same thing, you know, just if as long as I kind of made them feel like 
everything they did was right mm -hmm. they relaxed and they would let they really let go and what they did was was right and the process really helped with that they weren't burdened by a script yeah. Um, you know, and being like, okay, oh, my line's coming up. My mask kind of like, I've got, I've practiced this in the uh -huh. mirror. I, I know yeah. what I'm going to say. Mm -hmm. You know, which kills performance. It does. What What's great is that they're just going to say whatever they say in their own voice. They know what they have. They know what they have to say. Just don't know how they're going to say it. Yeah. Yeah. And so you relieve that burden, but also the takes were really long, and the the brain does this kind of really weird thing, which after about a minute, two minutes of a long take, where you're saying words in your own voice the actor actually just completely disappears um, no matter who you are and, and it becomes reality and there's a big dinner table scene which mm. is about eight to ten minutes long yeah. ten characters in it and I'd call cut and they'd all be like whoa 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 wow we just did a take wow 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 and they would just be so in it you yeah. know and i wanted to kind of emulate that cacophonous 70s cinema of like john cassavetes i based mm. that dinner table scene on uh, that great dinner table scene in woman under the influence you know sure. when sure when peter Falk brings all his mates back after yeah. the night shift and jenna rollins cooks them all uh, pasta yeah and he he pretty much he always has at least two people in the frame mm apart from Falk and Jenna Rollins who, who have singles. Um, but it, there's this kind of like energy to it and I wanted to create that. So I, I wanted them to just constantly chime in and chip in and feel free to, to kind of imp improvise around the structure of it and give it this kind of liveness. Mm. Um, and, and with these long takes, they really would just kind of disappear yeah. and there's some really special magic moments in there. There's this great moment where uh, the wine bottle just tips over mm -hmm. and because they were so in it everyone, they, everyone was just like yay yeah. I was like great I'm just going to you know throw use that, use that and yeah. yeah right you've got those setups how did you then work out where to put the cameras and where to know where that would be because that's not easy is it now you've got the improvising side and you go okay well this the, works the, the dinner table specifically specifically yeah let's talk about the dinner table scene because there's 10 okay. people in it it's improv yeah so I only had half a day to shoot that serious yeah and it's i mean and it's wow. an eight ten minute scene so it's like a 20 page scene yeah and lots of dialogue and lots, lots of dialogue and i had half a day i had like five six hours to shoot it okay so uh, but 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 i knew i wanted it you know I, I knew i had this thing where i wanted two or three people to be in it uh in in, in each in each frame so i used four different pivot points uh, each, uh, so so I'd so I'd use each corner of the table, and I had two cameras. Uh. So I would so I'd put um, I can't remember what lens sizes I used, but uh, I'd kind of shoot. I'd do a raking shot down down the table on one side, mm -hmm. and then on on the other side I'd have a kind of like roaming sh shot on maybe like a. I, I, I we'd, we'd put it we'd put like a I can't I can't remember probably what. longer lens and from the back were you maybe a well no we'd shoot we'd shoot we'd, we'd make sure we were pretty tight so we'd okay. always have about two or three and that would be a kind of like roaming up and down the uh, so so the raking shots going down uh, let's say the left hand side of the table mm -hmm. the the other cameras on the opposite corner and so they it, so it would shoot a a roaming shot down uh, the raking shot line. I know what you mean. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. yeah. And then I'd swap over. Yeah. Um, 
and and so I do a couple of takes there, a couple of takes there, and then I did it on each corner of the table. So um, so and and then because I was running out of time, what I'd do is I'd get the actors to just reset, go back a few lines, and I'd get the camera operator to go right. I just want you to pick up that moment there, rake to here, rake to there. But it really worked out. It worked out really well. Yeah. And then I'd do singles on Jay and Tat, mm -hmm. and then I'd punched in on that uh, the argument with uh, with my sister and, mm -hmm. and Tatiana um, at the end. Uh, and I was just, yeah, kind of like constantly monitoring, making sure that I got everything I wanted to get. Um, and it, and it, it really, it, yeah, it worked out. It really did. Yeah, yeah. Did uh, your sister and Tat argument stands out massively in the film was a wonderful moment of that underplayed, undersaid uh, situation that goes on around these tables of people who don't necessarily know each other and yet you've got these fantastic performances mm. that I fully thought were scripted and done in that way but the fact that you did that improvise is just it's really wonderful because yeah. you totally believe in well, what it's kind of saying yeah I mean it, well it's kind of scripted yes and yes. kind of improvised <laughs> it's weird yeah <laughs> but knew, it works you knew what you wanted and it comes across they knew what they, they were saying right scripts can often for some actors trigger their cerebral pistons mm. and it's difficult to get their emotional pistons going improvisation can often push it up to the cerebral as well and, and you can't get that, that that emotional engagement between the head and the body mm. with with this where where they where they know where they need to go but because they're saying it in their own voice there is a natural engagement of their emotional pistons so so emotion uh is easier ac to access because it's real yeah. because they're generating it through their through the connection with their with their cerebral mm. um in terms of editing that then obviously you've now got a lot of footage mm. a lot of corners did that take quite a while to find the beats within that I had a great editor, Gina Hirsch. I gave her a kind of like a loose outline mm -hmm. about what I wanted and a description for each scene. And I was like, I want to see your interpretation of this movie. Love this. Hand um, over. There you go. It's great. Yeah, I was like, I want to see what your what, what your version of this is. Mm -hmm. And I made, I wanted to make sure that it was a female editor because it's a relationship between a male and a female. And mm -hmm. I didn't want the, it to feel one-sided. So I wanted to see what her, who she sided with and what her instinct was and who, who uh what her version of the story was uh and she the dinner scene she really loved i think <laughs> editing and she did a really good job um the original her original cut of that was really good and we really used that as the skeleton and then it was about me kind of going in and being like well no i, I need this beat i want this bit here um and then we kind of went in and and, and deconstructed it and it was surprisingly easy um i mean sh she she's a genius well she's done like source code and mission impossible and yeah stuff, yeah right? i mean her so dad's paul hirsch who right. edited star wars and ah, okay. um, ferris bueller's day off wow. and footloose and ah, brilliant how did you get her involved in the first place uh she came recommended to me um oh, yeah <laughs> and so i interviewed three four um people and she had been an actor um in her 20s and I, I kind of really got a sense that she really understood the stories uh, and what I did is I sent some of the rushes to the editors to see how they'd respond to them and see if they liked them mm -hmm. and I wanted them to be up for it and on board with it too you know um, 
and Gina just really responded to the rushes. I, there were some themes in there that I think that really spoke to her as a, as a person. Um, and so it was felt like a kind of ob obvious choice, really. Mm. Um, and she was she was just fantastic. I really enjoyed that that collaboration. Yeah, it must have um, been great. What was it like when you first saw that first cut back for the first time? I mean, people say that it's the worst experience, don't they? Often, yeah. Um, and they're right. <laughs> I just remember leaving going, I have let everyone down. I've let my family really? down. I've let Tat J down. Fuck. The financiers. Mm. I was like, well, this was an experiment, you know, structurally and yeah, and, and with the process. And it was nine days. You know, it was, nine, it was money, nine days, but I've really... The the world. But this is, re this is a really bad movie. Is that what you felt? Yeah. yeah. We awful. all do that. I yeah. mean, it is a normal feeling. Yeah, but it's it's that I'm going through it now with King Arthur, um, Knights of Camelot, my project, and it's cool. it, the same thing. I'm in literally in the edit now, and you just sort of go, "Wow, we just handed the first uh, rough one into the execs, and and they gave some brilliant notes." But you just it's scary as hell because you look at it and go, "Well, it's not what I shot because you're not there yet, right? Yeah. You, you haven't delved into the edit, you haven't yeah. got there." Um, so how did you go from that? What, what did you do? Well, I'm a real like. I'm a real like I'm 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 a pretty resilient guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that lasted about five minutes, and I was like, right, okay, mm -hmm. let's go in and fix it. Yeah, went in, tried some stuff out, and within a week, we'd come up with something that I that I was happy with. Mm. And it it was it was really like being very pragmatic, non-emotional, not f you know r losing that kind of those kind of egotistical emotions that are like I've let everyone down. Just being like, okay, that's that's that's. Let's let's work this out. And I read this thing about uh, um, uh, people, you know, sculptors, especially sculptors who work mm. from a piece of stone, and they talk about the stone revealing to them what it is that they're sculpting. Right. That they listen to the stone, and I th I really loved that idea. And I so I was just like, right, I'm gonna. I have my idea of what this film's gonna be, but I'm also gonna allow this film to speak to me. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to allow the film to tell me what what it what it is as well. Um, and so I was like getting out of my trying to get out of my way. You know, there were certain yeah. shots and things that I'd done as a director that I was really proud of. But um, but at a certain point, you felt that it was me, and I wanted to feel like it, the film. Mm -hmm. At a certain point, when I was really happy with my edit, I put it in front of people, people that I really trusted. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people that I hadn't, I didn't, I didn't know who they were, but because um, I edited in LA, um, you know, friends of Gina's and people in the industry, and we would we'd do like a screening, mm -hmm. and I'd just ask really base questions, like, "Did you understand this bit? Which bits felt fast? Which bits felt too slow?" Mm -hmm. And if if people were quite unanimous, you know, that something was too slow. I'd have to go in and really like think about that and look at that. And that was a really fun process too. Um, where, because, you, because I think in an edit, you can get really locked in your own idea and, you know, you, you, you have all of the context that an audience doesn't necessarily have. Mm -hmm. And it was really interesting. I was like, what? Oh, you didn't understand that bit. Okay. Right. Okay. I've got to go in and really mm. work that out. 
the club scene in the movie yeah. was people were just like it's too long it's too long it's too long I was like, but it's so important to me to have a good club scene because yeah. they just don't exist on they camera and it's, and it's yeah. something that's important to me mm-hmm. DJ wise as well obviously. and it was just like oh it's too slow it just goes on and on and on I was like right okay and, and it just kind of like big fund big fundamental structural things like that where it was was really helpful too um and i would go away and then chip away at it and we'd do another screening and then uh you know be like that's too slow and and then and then people would say i you know people would say i really felt you there tom you know in this shot and i'd be mm-hmm. like right it's good to know and i'd be like right okay well has to go um right yeah. I, I had this really I was really attached I had this kind of like really sp- slow zoom out at the end of the movie on, 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 on the couple on on, on, the, on yeah, mountainside mountain which was kind of homage to Cassavetes you yeah. know that kind of yeah. 70s cinema and I really didn't want to lose it um, and uh, you know, in in these screenings, people were like it just took me out of the movie. It was the first time I felt you. I was like, I, I felt like I'd been observing something real, and then I was like, whoa, yeah, this feels a like a director's choice. Yeah, so, yeah, right, okay, get rid of it. Um, oh, that was really helpful. Yeah, I think test screens are vital. I think. Do you? Yeah, yeah. I think it's so important as as much as it hurts, and it does hurt. Do you know what? I was I was thinking I was gonna my my ego was gonna come up and I was gonna find it really difficult. Mm -hmm. I fucking loved it. (laughs) Really? Oh my god! The more criticism I got, the more I enjoyed it. Wow! I just loved that process Mm. of the people being like, didn't like that bit, hate that bit. I'd be like, okay, cool. Why? And then they're like, I just I really really enjoyed it, and I I was able to be really objective because sometimes I'd be like completely disagree with you right and that was fine but sometimes i'd be like oh yeah that's really interesting i'd never seen it like that i i i i reveled in it in fact i preferred the criticism than i preferred any praise right because at praise i was just like yeah whatever whatever it is Uh no no, let's get to the real meat of it what what isn't working that's incredible i loved it i loved it i would recommend it to any filmmaker Mm -hmm. criticism criticism (laughs) well we're gonna get it anyway so (laughs) someone's not gonna like your movie yeah, but I loved it. Really, you, really and, and I think it. that really helped you then shape the movie then. Because I think on my first film, I struggled with that criticism. The first oh, did you? Film. Yeah, yeah, really struggled. I think it's because I didn't agree with it. I really found it very difficult to sort of, well, that's not what I was going for. You're missing the point of what I'm getting. But then if you hear that enough times, I went, no, no, Giles, you're wrong. Yeah, well, You've well, well, well it's, it's it not away. translating, is no, it? No, it wasn't translating. It's just not. And so even though mm-hmm. you, you, you think you head. have it in your head, you, it, then it's working for you. Mm-hmm. If it's not translating, then it doesn't work. Yes. Yeah, and exactly. you, that's what, and then you've got, to, you've got to really listen to that. Yeah. It's really helpful. Yeah. Did it help that you'd only shot in 10 days, Did it, uh, nine days? Did it help that you'd also gone, well, look, this is what it is. It's, it's an Definitely. Indie film. Def- definitely there's less pressure right definitely it felt like an experiment you know mm. and, and I took really big risks structurally but also in my filmmaking choices you know I, I changed the aspect ratio yeah, every yeah. single um, year I needed to delineate the. so I, I, I have a very different kind of filmic vocabulary for each, you know, each section, and my DP was freaking out about that, you know. Of course, uh, it's, and he was just, uh, and, and lots of people didn't think that it was right. Jay didn't think that it was the right choice. Um, 
but That's I was like, no, 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 I want, I want to go with it. I, it's I, like, your voice. I want, I want to experiment. It. You know, this is a time in which I can experiment, so I'm just going to do it. Mm-hmm. And there is a, there is a kind of weird freedom and l- lack of pressure when yeah. you're like, well, it's an experiment. Mm-hmm. Might work, might not work. Um, and so there, there was, there was a huge freedom in that. I think definitely. I think. Um, yeah, because if it had been a five million pound movie or even 10, maybe even less, you'd have gone, oh God, there's a lot of pressure, there's a lot of money riding on this. Whereas you're going, well, it's what it is. Listen, I had a great time. I made something amazing, made something with my missus and with Jay Duplass. You know, this is an amazing achievement anyway Mm -hmm. for any filmmaker. And you go, well, it's what it is. Mm. Um, And it's interesting you shaped it to how it is. Um, I think it's fascinating um, because it's... It is a great film. Even though now I should be telling you it's a terrible film because that'll make you feel better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I appreciate uh, your, your, yeah. your negativity. No, it's it is it is really interesting, and it's I think it's fascinating that it is your first film, and like you say, not made a short before, and mm. not worked with DPs in that way or actors in that way. It's, it's kind of incredible, and it's kind of really nice, and I think it's a it's a great way for filmmakers to go. Even I think you should adopt this on bigger movies too this kind of look it's what it is I think I, I think I, I think I will you know and I I think the one thing I knew I could do as a director was create an environment in which people wanted to work in yeah yeah I think that's where my strengths are and I, I knew I knew I kind of felt that going in so then what you do is you surround yourself with people who are better than you yep absolutely you know you get a really good DP you uh-huh. get a really good sound mm-hmm. person in you get a really good and, and trust them mm-hmm. as, as Danny Ball says you know yeah. let them be the directors of their yeah I, I, I really love I really like that yeah, keep that how did you then get it out there into the world what happened next after you'd got the edit done so I got the edit done and then I had to go to Prague and shoot for seven months and so I couldn't finish ah. the sound design so we missed we missed Tiff we missed Berlin we missed mm. all of those guys but uh, I finished that in December and then finished my sound in January right um, and we got in South by Southwest. I know, amazing. Which is just great. And um, really important to me. It's a really important festival to it's me. Huge festival. Weekend, yes. the first film I did as an actor was, there, was right? there and won the audience award, and that kind of like changed its life. And then the film that you mentioned that I did with Tat, mm-hmm. directed by Joey Klein, that was there. Um, and I just really loved that festival, and it felt like the right, the right size festival for, mm-hmm. for, for, for pink wall um you know they're real supporters of those kind of micro budget experimental films you know mm-hmm. i think look at look at like crecia that won a few years ago i think that was shot in 10 days as well yeah. and yeah. when can people see it fully so it's released on the 13th of december mm-hmm. um you know obviously limited release um but you know that first weekend is so important so it, yeah if you want to go and see it go and see it early on that would be great um that's uk that's uk and it's been released in the us already yeah okay yeah yeah but uk 13th of december amazing yeah yeah and and you if if you're listening in the us you can watch it you can get it on vod now in on itunes and amazon yeah there we go and whatnot yeah and whatnot and whatnot (laughs) um it really is worth you checking out this film it is fantastic it really really is Uh, i hope you've enjoyed us chatting about this and about football Uh, so any advice then for filmmakers or actors out there what their journey could be just a little bit of advice would be great for i'm not sure if i'm really in a position to give any advice but i would say that there's never a right time or right moment to go make 
anything or mm -hmm. your first film. So, you know, don't let fear get in the way. Just go and do it. Just go and make stuff. I think without without apology, you know, um, the tools are all there. It doesn't, you know, you don't have to shoot on on, on, on a nice Ari Alexa. You know, mm -hmm. you can go, just go and make something mm. um, and put it out. And I think that if it's if it's real and if it really comes from from your gut and if it feels authentic, then it will it'll it'll cut through. You know, it'll, it 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 will be seen and it will resonate. Um, uh, that would be my advice. Don't wait for anybody. Just like. get out of your own way and go and do it. I like that a lot. Um, what about for actors then working with directors? Um, ignore them. Ignore them. They're idiots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Because you've worked with some brilliant directors mm. along your way. I've been lucky, yeah. Yeah. Um, what is, and brilliant actors. Yes, yeah. as well, which helps. Um, but in terms of what, any advice for actors out there who go, right, this is how I work with this director. Is every director different in your opinion? Every director is different. Mm -hmm. And I think that in the same way that it's a duty for directors to be malleable and to work with their actors, mm -hmm. I think it's the same for, for, for actors to work with directors. I'd say enjoy the process. Enjoy being challenged in a different way. Even if it's different to what you want, you never know what will come out, you know, um, I think that control is is an actor's worst worst enemy. Mm. Allow yourself to be surprised by whatever that director is is challenging you and asking you to do. You know, when when a director says jump, don't ask how high, just jump. Yeah. And I yeah. and and like as we were talking about earlier, you know, there are no wrong answers. Yeah. And don't let anyone also tell you that there is a right answer keep on experimenting every take keep it keep it different keep it fresh keep on you know don't don't do the same thing over and over and over just keep on playing and searching and digging and uh, and your editor will like you and um, <laughs> and also you know I think your performance will be good yep will be good it will be good yeah. um, what's next for you what's next you're directing again I hope you know? Yeah, so I'm writing a couple of things at the moment. Great. Experimental um, again, you're going down that route, or are you are going to do more traditional? I think it's... it's, 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 it's I'm writing this one film mm. right now, and I'm actually currently writing two versions, versions of it. And I can't decide which one I like the most. That's amazing. You just put them out and see which one bites, I suppose. Or make them both. I don't know. Make them both. Just call them A and B. <laughs> Yeah, A yeah. side, B side. A side, B side. That's just quite That's, a good idea. Yeah, DJ could you, side, could you do that? Yeah, I think you come really good. <laughs> okay, yes, yeah, so I need an extra 20 days of shooting, yeah, yeah, please. Because <laughs> I'm making two mil. films. <laughs> so I'm like, That's not a bad idea. It's like Nymphomaniac. Didn't they do part one and part two? They but did, it's the yeah. same. That's interesting. That How's, what's your process like now when you're writing it? Are you, are, you, are you putting them into two different compartments of that? Um so this is my A side this is my B side so the so the 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 A side is three simultaneous timelines that interweave mm -hmm. so it's kind of quite showy and quite complex the second film is just one of those timelines yeah and it's a really clean simple story and you know going from what we were talking about earlier about kind of getting out of the way of mm. the film i can't help but feel like the three 
the three uh, interweaving timelines feels like me. I can feel me in it, you right. know. Okay. Um, uh, you know, it works for Chris Nolan and his films because He's they're kind of quite Nolan. high concept. Mm. But this this film that I'm wanting to make is a drama. And actually, I think the simpler version is in many ways the bolder, scarier one because there's no hiding place in this storyline. I can't, like, be smart and clever and kind of do some nice, cool narrative tricks. Mm. It is just... It kind of feels like a bit of a... The simpler version feels a bit like a Dardem brother right. film. You mm -hmm. know, really, really stripped back bones, just, you know, mm. simple, which... It's really scary. I have a feeling that's the film I'll end up making. Um, I think this, it's okay to put yourself in the films. I think that that's totally fine. Um, we, we've got to wrap up, right? Okay. Um, but I, th I quite like that in with screenwriters. I think it's kind of write what you know, but then you can adapt it later. As long as you get mm, to the end, yeah. then you go, well, I'm now not stuck in limbo at page 50 going, oh, there's too much of me. And it's like, I'm very much vomit draft. Get to the end. Yeah which I'm doing at the moment with a couple of other scripts, just right, get to the right. end of them and then go, right, what have I got? But everyone's got their different process when writing, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like you might have three films there, by the way. So <laughs> yeah, you need another maybe. 20 days. <laughs> yeah. Another 20 minutes. Yeah. Amazing. Part one, part yeah. two, part three. Tom, this has been fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, I'm just going to go and get my records out the loft and me and you <laughs> yeah. are going to form Golden Boy yeah, and the DJism. DJism. We're coming back. Sounds good. We're coming back. Um, remember, if you're lucky enough to rise up and do well, it's your duty to send the elevator back down you can make your indie film but know who your audience is and get out there and do it we'll be back next tuesday if you've enjoyed this subscribe listen enjoy uh, and go out there and make your film tom cullen thank you very much thanks for having me pleasure pink Cheers. wall is out december 13th if not out already now depends when you're listening to this go watch it take care everyone see you next tuesday bye